coming up. Right. God is the same way. He's given us he given us responsibilities that is in accordance with our abilities. So you can handle whatever God wants you to do. He's given you the ability to handle it. You don't have to fret over that. It's not above your head. You just got to do what God wants you to do. That's all. Just do it. Be obedient. Hello and thank you for joining us on One by One the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. What if I told you that Jesus Christ still has a physical body here on earth? Well, he does. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ is a member of the physical body of Christ. And as a member, you have a very specific role. In this message series, Pastor Rob explains some very timely truths about the body of Christ and how every member of the body should respond. Here is part four of the message, Living as the Body of Christ. The fifth truth about spiritual gifts is no one believer has every gift and no one gift is given to every believer. Say that again. No one believer has every gift and no one gift is given to every believer. 1 Corinthians 12, 29 and 30 says, and he's raising a hypothetical question, a rhetorical question. And the answer to these questions is no. He says, are all apostles? Answer is no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? No, everybody's not doing these things. And what what makes this so profoundly important is that if there was somebody who had them all, do you understand how great the temptation would be to say within yourself, I don't need none of (laughs) y'all. I'll just do it myself. And so there's some reason to God doing this. It makes us understand we need each other. Because the only way that we're going to be able to benefit from that gift that I don't have is that I benefited because someone else has it. If I had them all, I'd be so quick. It's like, as soon as y'all hit a bad note, I'd be like, sit down. I got this. Y'all get this. (laughs) You know, if I can do it all myself, sit down, y'all. Y'all just can't get it ready. Y'all sit down. I got this. You know, and then Mark, do something funky on the bass. I said, Mark, give me that bass. Give me that. <laughs> you know, and I just do it all myself. Y'all, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, it, but no, it's, it doesn't work that way. God set this up because we understand we need each other. And it, it draws us to come together and lean on each other, forgive each other, fellowship together, protect each other, because we know that the sum of us all is greater than, the, than just one of us. When we all come together, it's much, much better. And we understand that. So no one believer has every gift and no one gift is given to every believer. So what is it uh, that you may have that causes you to lean and be uns- to be selfish like that. That's something for you to think about, to say that you don't need someone. Think about that. 
And if you need some help, let me give you a couple things. Could it be your good paying job that makes you feel like you don't need nobody else? <laughs> that you have a tendency to be selfish with your money because you got it, you know, you got it flowing. Could it be your health that you feel so healthy and selfish about your health that you just like, you don't, you don't lift a muscle for nobody. It's like, you know, you won't lift the muscle to help nobody because you know, it's like you thinking, you know, you need to eat better. <laughs> you know, you having trouble getting up because you don't exercise like I do. I mean, what is it about you that's making you, that God has blessed you with, that you just cause you to be selfish about it? But you don't want to help nobody else with it. So it's a good thing that God don't give us everything because we'd be jacked up. All right, see, write this down. God has put some desires in every person's heart. God has put some desires in every person's heart. I want to talk about the heart now. And he's put some desires in every person's heart. This is important for you to understand. I, 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 I learned a, a huge lesson on this one um, some years ago. Because um, I, thought, I, thought I, I thought I studied my word so rigorously because I decided I would. That's what I thought. And I, I and I would look at folk who uh, didn't wasn't in their word. I look at them like you, you need to get in your word. <laughs> you know they say something whack. And I'm like you ain't been reading your Bible, have you? And I'm having these thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I, I'm talking about I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. Having these thoughts, you know. But God broke me down one time. No, he he broke me down. I had to I had to. Whew. I was crying like a baby, and I had to confess to God. I said, God, forgive me. God said, Robert, don't you? You, do you know the only reason you study like you do? <laughs> he did. He told me. It was clear. He said, the only reason you study like that is because I put it in you to study like that. I gave you that desire because I'm calling you to be a teacher. And your job is to study and teach my people. And I gave you a strong desire to get in there and do it. You didn't do that yourself, Robert. It was clear. I'm telling y'all, it was clear. And I got slapped upside the head, and I was like, oh, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I asked him for forgiveness. I wept because I saw that I was getting arrogant about my study habits. And God said, you are arrogant about what I gave you intentionally. I gave you an extra portion of diving into my word and, and so that you can teach my people. It, it straightened me up. I got to tell you, it straightened me up. I was going in the wrong direction. So, so God puts desires in us. He touches our heart like that. I got some questions for you I want you to think about um, as it relates to desires in your heart. First one is, what things do you often talk about? What things do you often talk about? Look what Matthew 12, 34b says. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So think about that. What things do you often talk about? 
See, some of y'all thinking now about some of the bad stuff you talk about, and that's in your heart too, but God didn't put that there. You, that's you, okay? That's, that's just your sin nature, you know? That's just your sin nature. That's your habits, you know? You've been looking and touching and thinking things all these years, and now your heart, you know, you can't, you can't help but partake in that negative thing, that bad thing. You, you just, it calls on you. It calls your name. As soon as you see any inkling of it, you chase it down. That ain't God. That's you. But there's some good, positive, fruitful things that God put in your heart, some desires that are in your heart. What do you often talk about? The good stuff. What do you often talk about? What, what, what intrigues you that caused your mouth to speak it because it's in your heart? It can be all kinds of things. I know, I know uh, Lori, Lori has a heart for animals. She, I don't know if she told y'all that yet. But she has a heart for animals. She, <laughs> all, she said all sorts of animals. She really has a heart for animals. I'm glad she had it because I sure don't. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't. I sure don't. I, you know. I mean, I have. I have a, a basic general heart for animals. You know. Uh, but no. But Lori, Lori's heart for animals is on a whole nother level. Okay, it's, it's like out there. Okay, and so, so what's in your heart? What do you often talk about? Huh? Think about it. God put something in your heart that caused you to talk about it. Okay, and this, I'm just giving you some, some help to help you look and see what God put into your heart. Um, the second question I have, what things do you like, like or love to do? What things do you like or love to do? Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Y'all get that? It says guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. So what things do you like or love to do? See, some of those things God put in your heart for you to like or love to do it. This, this is some indication to how God has shaped you and what he wants you to do in life. What do you like or love to do? And break it down. Don't talk about it in the, in the, in the, at the high level sense. Break it down to what it is. Like for me, um, I, I coached basketball for 16 years. Right? I'm standing up here preaching now. Uh, I disciple people. And, but you know, the core thing that's there that I love to do is teach. <laughs> that's that when I coach basketball, that's real. I'm just teaching basketball, right? I'm standing here talking. I'm teaching, and I, so my, the core thing that I love to do is teach. Oh, let me. I can even break it down even further. The core thing I love to do is to see knowledge transferred into a, the human spirit. That's the core, really, what I love. Y'all just don't know. Balloons are flying right now inside of me. Y'all don't see them? The y'all inside of me, inside of me, the stars are just spinning. The lights are flashing. Fireworks are going off inside of me because I love to see information transferred into the human spirit. I love it. It lights me up. Y'all just don't know. I'm on cloud nine. 
When I see it, it's like when I see the human spirit, the mind of the human spirit get enlightened and they're thinking, wow, and knowledge is flowing in. I am on fire. And God did that. God did that for me. I know it. That's why I do what I do. That was God. So what things do you like or love to do? Third question. What things have you always naturally cared about? What things have you always naturally cared about? As far back as you can remember, what have you just, just cared about it? You know, when you was five, four, three, seven, I don't know. Just think back. You just always kind of cared about it. For just like no reason. You just care about it, you know. I, I think that might be true for Lori and Animal said she just always cared about them. I, you know, as far back as she can remember. I don't know. I ain't going to speak for her. But it, may, it probably goes back pretty far. Y'all understand? And this, these are things. God gives these things. Because it's just, you just naturally cared about it. Okay? God puts those things in us. Uh, Proverbs 27, 19 says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. So as the face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. And you may have lost sight of stuff that you've always naturally cared about because a, a whole lot of things may have happened to you in your life and it's buried those natural inclinations that you used to have, that you don't have them no more. I talk to people sometime when I ask them these kinds of questions and they, be, they start to reflect and then they start going, you know what? I've always liked to draw. I haven't drew in years. And I was like, I think you need to pick up a pencil and paintbrush or whatever and start doing it again. Because what happens is life happens and these other cares come on and it starts to bury those natural inclinations and you, you, you forget about them. And it's not until conversations like this one that you start to think back, yeah, when I was six, I remember doing X, Y, Z and I loved it. I haven't done it since I was eight. Because life happened. Parents got divorced. Everything went left. You moved to South Dakota. You know, all kind of stuff happened. You changed schools. All this stuff happened. And then it's, it, 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 it diverted this path you were on. And then you lost it through all that happened. Then you start to hit puberty and all, you know, all kinds of things. You start liking boys and girls. I mean, all kinds of stuff happened. And you forget. No, no, that was you way back when. And it got buried in all that happened in life. So what things have you always naturally cared about? Number four, uh, what things have you come to care about? What things have you come to care about? You didn't naturally care about it. You haven't always cared about it. But it has jumped on you somewhere in your life. 1 Samuel 10, 26 says, Saul also went to his home in Gibeah, talking about Saul, who was first king of Israel, accompanied by valiant men whose hearts God had touched. So when Saul became king, God specifically touched some men's heart to support him in his kingship. So God put something in their heart, 
he touched their heart in a way that their heart wasn't touched before. But he touched their heart in a such a way so that they could support Saul in his kingship. So what things have you come to care about? You haven't always cared about it, but it's somewhere along in your life, it began to be a care of yours. That's something to think about. Numbers 11, 16 and 17 says, the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there and I will take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the, the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. So here God touched the elders of Israel with the spirit that Moses had so Moses wouldn't carry the burden alone. Another instance where God did something after the fact or they came to have this power or ability in order to support Moses in his leadership. Okay. God did that. Okay. So what things have you come to care about? And then D, uh, God has given every person ability. God has given every person ability. Daniel 1, 3 through 4. And this is, this is referencing, part of what happened here is referencing the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says, uh, then the king ordered uh, Ash Ashpenaz, chief of the, his court's officials, to bring into him, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He, he was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. And so they were looking for young men with meeting these criteria. Basically, they were looking for young men who had a natural high IQ. And they had to be handsome too, you know, <laughs> and with no physical defects, <laughs> is what he said. But he was looking for something that was that what they were born with, ability they were born with, and a, a high ability to learn things, so that they can teach them the 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 law, the ways, and the customs of the Babylonians. So there are some things that we are born with, some abilities that we are born with. And that's something for us to think about. And then 1 Samuel 16, 17 through 18 says, So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem, this was referencing David, who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul was having depressive moments. And he wanted a, a musician to play for him to get him out of his depression. And somebody had heard about David. David had a whole lot of abilities. One of them was he was a great musician. He was a songwriter. He was a warrior, as he said. 
He was nice looking. David, David had it going on, y'all. He was, he had, yeah, you know, and so the, right here, they're, they're highlighting David's mu musical abilities. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Yeah. You hear what I'm saying, James? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Highlighting his abilities. I asked James, how long you been playing? I think he said since I was four. I think that's what he told me. Yeah. yeah does that make any sense to you? That don't make no sense to me. Yeah. Yo, you know what I'm saying? It's like, really? It's like, you know, it's like, but see, God, that's God's doing. That's God's doing. And every one of us have an ability. We can, we can sit here and marvel at what the musicians can do, but you got something that's just on the same level in some type of thing or way that God has given you an ability for. And you need to think about it. What is my natural abilities? And then um, Matthew 25, 15 says, and this is referencing the five talents or the five bags of gold that the wealthy man gave to his servants. It says, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. So he distributed his gold or his talents, his money, to his servants according to his servants' ability. And this was a reference to God, to Jesus explaining what the kingdom of God is like. So here God has given us, given us responsibilities for some things according to our ability. So here's the thing, whatever God has given you, you are able to handle it properly. You have what you need. You have the ability to handle it properly. Because he gave it to you according to your ability. Think of it like this. You at the grocery store with your five-year-old, and your five-year-old says, Daddy, I want to carry some of the bags. You going to give him the heaviest bag? Oh, no. You going to give him something that is commiserate with his ability. Right? right? He might want to try to carry the heavy bag because sometimes they do that. My son did that, something like that to me once. We, we, we used to take the young boys to camp, um, to, uh, with the PAL camp, and we would stay there all weekend. We, they, they spend the night in, the, in Roberts Park, in the woods. And we was in these little cabins. It, it wasn't a full closed-in cabin. It was an open-end cabin. So it had three half walls and a hope, open on one end. And so the kids would all bring their they sleeping bags and stuff. And we were sleeping there. We put an adult or two in each cabin with them. And they were just sleeping on the floor. And so my son was six. And um, so I, I laid my uh, sleeping bag at the foot of the opening, you know, to make sure, you know, keep the kids safe. And my six-year-old son, y'all don't hear me. He says, Daddy. I can take that spot. <laughs> Y'all cause he said, Daddy, you want me to be there? I can be there, Daddy. He 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 was gonna take the protection spot. My six-year-old son. Yeah. You know, but y'all think I gave it to him? No. Cause what he gonna do if something happened? Right? God is the same way. He's given, us, he's given us responsibilities that is in accordance with our abilities. So you can handle whatever God wants you to do. He's given you the ability to handle it. You don't have to fret over that. It's not above your head. You just got to do what God wants you to do. That's all. Just do it. Be obedient. That's all it takes. 
And according to the, the story, the ones that were obedient, they heard the blessing of the Father. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. I want the same to be for you, that you are using your gifts and your abilities and the things that God put into your heart personality he's given you and the experiences he's given you to glorify him. Amen. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son. Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. So God is seeing us from a creator perspective. This is why sometimes we get each other wrong. All right, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking one thing, and nope, that ain't the way God created you, <laughs> right? And I'm thinking you're this. I'm thinking you're an introvert when you're really an extrovert, just for example. And but God, I'm not the creator. I'm not looking at you from the creator perspective. Thank you for listening.